0: Learn how to build your faith in God's word And live a life of 100% victory 100% of the time As you'll listen to the Senior Pastor Davis Christian Center Pastor Kingsley Sliokunquo And expect God's word to work for you Big hand somebody If you know he's worthy If you know he's worthy Celebrate him this morning Woo! Glory to God Hallelujah! Please take your seat. We have to move as fast as we can this morning. Hallelujah! How many have been enjoying the series? Pull the plug. Praise God. Thank you for sitting. For those that are just uh, attending for the first time, we're talking about how to deal with anxiety, and um, we did um, a kind of a poll. Uh, at the beginning, and we asked people to text in anything that gives them stress or anxiety. And um, as they were texting, it was showing on the screen, and the bigger ones are the ones that more people clicked on or more people wrote. So we saw that for most people, what is causing them stress and anxiety is... The biggest one is money. Am I correct? So the biggest one is money. So this is what people here in church, and I believe it also represents what the average uh, person out there feels. We, are usually, we usually have anxiety about uh, money and career are the same. They are linked and business. So, if we join all that together and work. So, if I if joined that together, money would have probably been, you know, really big. Is somebody getting this? So, this is, this is from, from people here. You know, and like I said, uh, that's why sometimes um, I laugh when um, the criticizers of church say that, oh, pastors preach about money a lot. It's very simple. It's because most people are troubled about money. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It's very simple. Most people are stressed about what? Money. Very simple. And even Jesus himself shared more parables about money, spoke more about money than he did about heaven or even hell. That's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Because that is, that is most people's challenge. So, I'm going to talk about money maybe next Sunday because I want to take one Sunday to talk about what I saw. So, now, if you look at the second on that very big thing here is what? Marriage. So, I'm taking this Sunday to talk about marriage. Then I'll take next Sunday to talk about money because it gives people anxiety. So, that is why we always try to speak God's word to what people are troubled about. Praise God. Now, um, but please, remember the first three Sundays, we've laid the foundation of how worry doesn't help you in any way. And worry is actually a sin. I need you to understand that. Worry is a sin. God does not want you to worry. A sin is anything that God has asked you to do that you are still doing. And worry is one of it. It's clear throughout Scripture. I've read a lot of Scriptures. And you see, apart from it being a sin, excuse me, apart from it being a sin, it actually stops you from receiving God's best in your life. You need to understand that when you are worrying, you are actually stopping the flow of God's blessings in your life. It's not just that I'm telling you not to worry just for the sake of it. There's no instruction in Scripture that is just for the sake of it. God is not that jobless or aimless. Anything is telling you there's there's a repercussion. There's a consequence. Somebody get what I'm saying? It's the same way he told Adam and Eve, don't eat the fruit, don't eat the fruit, don't eat the fruit. I'm sure they were saying, ah, how bad... (laughs) <laughs> do you think they still have the same opinion now? He kept telling them, don't eat the fruit. You see, many people think that God needs to shout for something to be serious. No. If God is telling you like this, don't do that thing. It's the same thing. It's, it's, it's serious. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. It's serious. He doesn't have to shout and dance. You, <laughs> I, I wish I had time to show you. The Bible said... Um, um, in those days, <laughs> there was a time that God did thunder and lightning when he wanted to talk in the Bible. There's a, a whole teaching I wanted to do, but I, I'll find time to do it. God did thunder and lightning to warn them. After the thunder and lightning, they still went to do it. So if you say, ah, God, warn me specially, you know, like that, that parable Jesus gave of, I'm, I'm going far, this is not even today's message. But that parable that Jesus gave of that, uh, is it a parable? No, the story of Lazarus that died. You know, the rich man that was with Lazarus, that went to hell. You know, he said that if he comes from the dead, that, Lord, let me go and warn my brothers, that the reason they do not believe, because if I come from the dead, they will believe. You see, God knows human nature. Even if you see ghosts, you might believe for two days because you're afraid. After that, you will still go back to a life of sin if you don't really surrender your life to Jesus. Somebody get what I'm saying? So they didn't let him go back. So if God tells you, don't worry it's as important as him doing thunder and lightning it's not there's no difference to him so so if god is saying don't worry it actually has it has consequences when you worry i need you to understand it i'm not just doing this teaching for feel good no a feel good teaching it's a very important teaching for your life if you are worried about this year then you have no business being worried about this year that's the point if you are worried about your future you have no business being worried about your future you are robbing yourself of god's blessings when you stop worrying God starts walking. Very important. When you stop worrying, God starts walking. He cannot walk when you are worrying. Both of you cannot have the same project. Both of you cannot be holding on to the project. He said, you be still and know that I am God. You must be still. If you are acting up and dragging the case with me, If you're acting up and dragging the matter with me, then I cannot prove, I cannot show that I am God. You need to be still. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? One of the reasons why, if you're not still, God can't work, is because if you are active, you will interfere and spoil the thing. How many of you, if you are going to be honest, have at some point, because of your overzealousness, you have spoiled something God was doing? Raise your hand, be sincere. My own hand is up. I'm not, my hand is not up, for example. My hand is up because I'm guilty. I have put my hand sometimes in something that God is the one that started. I wasn't the one that started it. All. He, on his own, orchestrated the thing. It was now working. I now wanted to help. The Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. So you need to understand that when I'm telling you don't worry and God doesn't want you to worry, it's because it has consequences. It does. And you will spoil things in your own life. That's why they can't carry out a major surgery on your life if you are weak. Have you seen doctors want to, they want to remove your appendix. They want to carry out an append, appendicectomy. When you have appendicitis, they have to carry out an appendectomy to remove the appendix. This work, all this work, just to talk, say you want to go do surgery. My brother, they should leave me. So, if they want to do that kind of thing, can you be awake when they are doing that surgery? You, you If they lie you down, and they are discussing, so uh, they are sharpening their... <laughs> I know they don't sharpen it, but <laughs> that's the They are sharpening their knives. Abu? You know, I caught just there. Cutie. <laughs> I was thinking of Suya. <laughs> If you are hearing them talk, say, so we'll remove this. Do you have blood? Uh, we'll cut him up. You, you say, my brother, hold, excuse me. <laughs> then you are, I break, but they are bringing the knife. They now hold the knife. On the, you hold the say, What do you want to do? And even if you allow them, by the time you, they, you cut this small, you feel, I'm saying, ah! say, I'm not doing. It. I'm okay. Thank you. <laughs> Your going to allow them. Somebody got what I'm saying? I told the servant as primary school. I stepped on a nail. Those rusted long nails. Long ones, Those long ones. Rusted one that was in the sand. We were running. Not just running that we do first to or something. I stepped on it. The nail entered my leg and was showing. It, it had not pierced, but it was showing. You can see it already here on the top. They said they want to touch it. I said, leave it like that. This is how I'm going to be walking. For the rest of my life. I'm not going to let anybody touch it. Thank God for one guy in my school. His name is Samuel. I still remember his name. Because when people do you bad things, you remember their name forever. His name is Samuel. I can never forget him. The guy said, okay, let him just see that. They're not going to touch it. He just wants to see it. So I allowed him to see it. (laughs) He pulled it out. I just died. So I'm dead. <laughs> before the pain reach my brain, me I don't die. No need for the pain to reach my brain. Make her first die. You know there's some pain that it has. It tries to. It has happened, but it never register. So you intercept it with death. You die. So that you no go reach. There's some slap like that. They slap you. When you hear, the, you hear the sound. Before you feel the pain. Who did I slap. <laughs> Slap slap about the thing echo. Pa, pa, pa. For it, you say, ah, who this? Now 2 days after, you don't say, "Hey!" <laughs> <laughs> you said the last slap of 2 days. Now you just feel up. Like, the thing they traffic since? <laughs> <laughs> I God, going I go pay comedy fee, I don't laugh too much this morning. But you get what I'm saying? So you God can carry out a surgery in your life if you are awake, you're going to mess things up and that's why he needs you not to worry. All right. It's actually a spiritual principle that when you calm down when you take no thought for your life, he does things for you. If you are worrying, you are stopping him from working. There's nothing. Actually, there's nothing you can do about it. Principles and principles. God can't change principles because you are crying. Somebody get what I'm saying? Let me try and move. I've spent so much time gisting. Alright, so today we're going to talk a bit about marriage. Because it's one of the biggest things here. Now. Marriage is a covenant. You need to understand that marriage is a covenant. Everything about relationship with God is a covenant. And that's a very unfamiliar word. DJ, can you help me write that word if you can? Write that word somewhere. Covenant. Everything about God is a covenant. Everything about God. God is not interested in ordinary relationships. Ordinary relationships are are almost totally useless. Or let me say it this way. useless is not the best way to say it. They are, they are not maximized. And God is very interested in us maximizing relationships. Relationships are at their best when they are covenant relationships. Covenant. It's an, it's an unfamiliar word these days. But that is what marriage is. And the reason why it's so, because God values covenant. God wanted to create a covenant relationship with man. I mean, I mean for men. For human beings. Because that's the best way to get it. So, even, even God himself, whenever he wanted to relate with anybody, if you notice in scripture, he kind of caught a covenant with that person. God just feels that He we won't get the best of each other if it's not a covenant relationship. The, a covenant relationship is where two people are totally dependent and available for each other totally is the key word totally is the key word totally is the key word can i get a couple is there any couple that can volunteer here today i need i need some people on this on the stage so any couple here thank you very much ima has been doing some am you okay today clap for them please Am I you strong? You've been, you've been doing one kind since? Eh? I can't hear you. You are healed in Jesus' name. Because you're going to stand here long. That's why I'm praying for you. Thank you. So, what God wanted was these two people. Instead of them just being, hey, okay, I love you, I love you, I marry you, I marry you. You see, that, they will not get the best of job. God said, you know what? I want two of you to be permanently joined. That means two of you will be totally dependent on each other. Totally. And totally available for each other. This means that anything you have and everything you are, this guy has it now. And you two the same way. Now, a covenant wasn't a new thing that time. In those days, everybody was on covenant level. So, those days, communities entered covenants. um, Tribes entered covenants. um, uh, uh, People in industry. So, sometimes a a, a hunter will enter a covenant with a a farming uh, family. So, they'll be exchanging. This one will supply meat all the time. This one will supply... Um, food all the time, and they had full access, full dependence, okay? I don't want to bore you. I'm trying to manage my time as much as I can. So this is what God wanted, total dependence, total availability for these two people. It's the way they'll get their best. And God also did the same thing for himself. So when you see when God started, he started with Adam. He was in a covenant relationship with Adam, permanently there for Adam fully. Adam broke the covenant, of course. God moved to a guy called Abraham. So, God was in the covenant with Abraham. So, for many people that are wondering, oh, um, this God can be so wicked. Why did he tell Abraham to give, uh, to kill Isaac? It wasn't a big deal. You see that Abraham himself was not surprised. Abraham himself did not complain. How many of you noticed? And if, if, you, if you read Bible and you try to relate, you know that that's not normal if he didn't know something. If he wasn't thinking a certain way, he should have complained. Is somebody get what I'm saying? That's your only son that you waited for for, for 25 years. And that's your hair. In those days in Israel, it's a major thing. For, your hair is the continuation of your name. You, you, you can't play with it. It's not something you play with. Somebody gets what I'm saying. But do you notice how, they say he didn't complain? say early the next morning he went to kill Isaac. Even Isaac himself did not complain. Did you notice? Do you think if they, if they, if they act that movie today now, is that how it will play out? First of all, Abraham will not even agree. Secondly, Sarah, now go first slap Abraham for talking that nonsense. You want to kill Isaac. My brother, look, I would rather kill you. Abraham, than kill... That's a woman's stand. Am I correct? Because that's what a woman would do. Kill Abraham. Let him be Abraham. <laughs> to protect her son. That's a woman that's for you. My wife does that all the time. <laughs> she doesn't try to kill me, but... She tries to... be a blessing to my son instead of being a blessing to me. <laughs> if 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 you If you... Like a year after the boy was born, he was sleeping on our bed. Who you want me to do like that? My brother, move to your room. What's wrong with you? My friend moved. When you say he's still sucking breast. When you marry your own wife, you do what you want. Move to your room, my friend. I didn't want to, but I, my, my, I put my foot down. Move to your room. He still sneaks in once in a while. Like yesterday night, he slept in my room. I woke up and saw him on the bed. Where did you do this guy? Where did you do this guy? <laughs> my brother, you are lucky I'm going to church. Oh. If it's not church, you go go fight this fight this night. I woke up and saw him there this morning. So women are like, they would, they would like to take care of their son. So Abra- Sarah would have killed Abraham neat and kept Isaac. Then even if Abraham succeeded in convincing Sarah, Isaac himself, when he asked, say what's in the world Do you want to sacrifice? Ah, no problem. <laughs> no problem. When in Papa they look somewhere, you go peace. <laughs> go take off. Straight to Egypt. Oh. Egypt, sign they go. It's not a stay around Jericho, all those places where they find them. Egypt. Or Ethiopia. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Abraham I- was not surprised because in the covenant relationships, everything you have, I have. So, and you have a right to ask me for it. That's why when you see people today saying, you can't check my phone. Those are people that didn't understand. Nobody canceled them when they were entering marriage. And that's why you see the high divorce rates today. Because many people are, the divorce rate is alarming. Divorce rate is, the way people just say, I'm going. Even me didn't the fear. Huh? They just use left hand to say, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm tired. Because nobody gave them a real orientation of what they were entering. Because a covenant is something you can't, you can't come out of. Is till death do you pass. In fact, that's why we do communion and all that today. We're saying, uh, um, um, you know, and God entered the covenant with all of us. If you're a Christian, you're in a covenant with God, in case you don't know. That's what the communion we do is. The communion was a covenant thing they used to do right from that time. The communion didn't start in New Testament. It started from Abraham and Co. Those days, the, you have to break bread. You are, when you break bread over communion, you're saying, may my body break like this if I ever break this covenant. That means it's the only death that can remove me here. When you drink the wine or shed the wine, you're saying, may my blood spill like this if I ever break the covenant. So that's what Jesus was saying, that do this in remembrance of me. That, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm shedding this blood, I'm breaking my body, to show you that you are in a covenant with God from today. I need to keep doing it in remembrance. Because that covenant meal called communion is a remembrance meal. It's a meal you have regularly with who you have a covenant with to make sure the person remembers that they are in a word covenant. Before they go and forget. There's also the token of the covenant. In today's world, in marriage, the token of covenant is the wedding ring. In those days, it was circumcision. So, everybody that was a covenant person had to be circumcised. The male had to be circumcised. So, that's why when David saw um, Goliath, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? What it means is that this guy has no covenant with God. It doesn't matter. Every policeman or last man or co., know that they fear married women more than unmarried women. Why? Because you don't know who the married woman is married to. She can slap you. And you say, madam, respect yourself. Because she can be married to a major general. It better make she slap you than make Musa slap you. (laughs) Mm. Somebody get what I'm saying? Okay. I'm trying my best, but the story is just going, going, going. Okay, so... It's a covenant relationship We're supposed to be permanently together, totally. Permanently together, totally. So you can't just opt out. You can't say, oh, I I don't like your dressing. You are now too fat. You are now too short. You you uh, you have bad breath. You do this one. You have too much salt in the pepper. Too much pepper in the salt. I'm going. No, it's a covenant relationship. Once you enter, you don't come out. Once you enter, you don't come out. The whole context and concept of a covenant relationship is that from today, both of us own each other. If you need chair, they should bring chair for you. You go take here. the whole service is not here. Do you need chair? Madam, she didn't answer. She, didn't think I'm sick. <laughs> she, didn't think I'm. Wait, just wait. Okay, so, um, so, you're sure you can stand, Abby? Okay. If you can't stand, he will carry you. Now in walk. So, <laughs> so it's a covenant relation permanently together. Now. God also encourages that. That's what he wanted. If You see that in Genesis chapter 2. He said, uh, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. I'm echoing suddenly. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall do what? Cleave unto his wife, and they shall be what? One flesh. This phrase, one flesh, is actually talking about covenant. This phrase, one flesh, is a term. All right? It simply means one person. It means one person. It means two people shall become what? One person. Totally in everything. Two people shall become one. And the benefit of it, there's so much blessing and benefit to it. Can you hold, hold your hands? Um, I, initially, I want, yes, come, come to where people can see. Initially, I wanted, uh, what? To tie them. Can you do it fast? Only you, only that will do it. I said the team. Where's Gideon? Try, oh yeah. Gideon, you know, I said the team now. That would mean you discuss. One person, it would take us long to tie leg and hand. And tie their neck. <laughs> yes, the Bible says that's why the Bible says we can't be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. The reason is because marriage is a yoking together. You yoke together. You know what a yoke is now? It's what you used to tie two animals together. So that's what marriage is a covenant. Throughout scripture, it's all over there. So that's what I'm saying. You know, there's not enough information and enough teaching going on about things like this. People don't understand that when you are entering you're not coming out again, no. This I do that you will say that day, what you are saying is I'm going to die here. We die here. That's what you literally mean. Well, nowadays, it's one week, one year. But I'm not doing it again, I'm done. Well done, what? Something never starts to cook you don't done. Well, I don't know. You see the fire? You stay there, so it's a permanent joining. That's why you need to, you know, take think well before you join, because it's a permanent joining. Therefore, shall a man leave suddenly? shall cleave. See that word "cleave" to his wife. I, I, there are so many things. Let me try and move quickly. So, you know, it's a yoking. So, for you singles, part of what you need to do is that you need to check some factors before you start. In fact, before I even go into that, part of the blessings of the covenant is that you are meant to complement each other. So, um, let's assume this guy is a lefty. Please assume with me. Initially, I was looking for a couple that had left hand, but that used left hand, but I couldn't find. So, imagine he's a lefty. This means that he does most of the things he does with what? Left hand. That means he can write with it, he can uh, cook with it, he can eat with it. This is what he does, left hand. And she is a righty. Now, um, I need on that couple quickly. On that couple, clap for them. Thank you. Become. Don't be afraid. afraid to say, hey, do we don't do ourselves now. It's too late. You already. God has brought you out. Now, in this, in this, in this couple. All right. Imagine she is the lefty. Okay. He is the righty. No, my right. Leave her alone. Thank you. Now, um, if they don't understand how covenant works, they will both separate their strength. So, she's using her left. He's using the right. He will now find out she doesn't use her right. She too will find out that he doesn't use her left. And they will start complaining. He will start complaining, why are you not using your left hand? And she will start complaining, Why are you not using your right hand? And they will keep quarreling. But the ideal concept of the marriage is that two people are meant to complement each other. That's why the Bible said two are better than one. It said they will have a good reward. By the time two of you complement each other, your weakness is almost removed or reduced to minimal level. If these two people are tied together, now there is no more. This is the weakness, the weak hands. It doesn't even exist anymore because because they are one now. They have only one right hand, which is strong, and one left hand, which is also what? Strong. So they have a better reward. So if the enemy comes from the right side, she got it covered. If he comes from this side, he also got it covered. It's a perfect fit. This is what God had in mind two people coming together becoming one if she's not good with financial management he will usually be good with it he sh- she should allow him run that part of the family i know it's the other way around don't worry don't worry i know i'm a counselor <laughs> i can perceive these things if 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 is not good with cooking and is good cooking he should handle it that's how it should work there's no need to insist that the woman must cook if she cannot cook and the man can cook we're not going to suffer for nothing He can can see to it. He doesn't have to do all the cooking, but he can help her out and put in place and and make sure she gets help or whatever he needs to do. You know, that's how they are meant to do. If she's a better negotiator, when they go and negotiate, she should negotiate. If he's better knowledgeable about property, when they want to buy property, he should do it. You see, that way your weakness is almost totally removed when two of you are together. That's what God intended. But these ones, for instance, I know this is not how you are in real life in Jesus' name, but assuming they don't have that kind of cooperation. So. Or let's even assume that both of them use only right hand. Both of them using right hand means that they have the same what? Weaknesses. Same weaknesses. There's nothing going on the left side of their life. They are both dragging for the right side. Submission is not hard when we are all staying on our lane. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? How many of you, are, how many of you have entered a plane before and you were arguing with the pilot? You do what? Submit? When he says, "Thrusting your seat you fasting because you don't even know where we did. You see, the reason why some people don't submit is that they have not been not able to complement each other. There are things I submit to my wife to clean and simple because I'm not knowledgeable about it. There are things she submits to me. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? When you find your place, when you get the synergy. Now, the 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 the, the, the difficult parts. Remember, it's a yoking for these two to work, since they are not tied together, you can see how they were coming, they were just walking. It doesn't matter how they, there's no rhythm to it because, and they can easily, this one can easily just even go. She can be tired of standing here and go. These ones that are tied together, for them to walk smoothly, they have to be conscious of each other. You see? He can't just walk anyhow he likes now. He's attached to somebody. He can't just wake up and, and go and do anything he likes. He's attached to somebody. So he must always be Conscious of her, come. You see, he has to be conscious of her. See, they can't walk anyhow. When you're like this, you can't just say, "I'm going, I'm done, I'm done." You know. Any decision you want to make, before you even go and use the bathroom, you warn her ahead of time that in five minutes we are going. He said it happened this morning. <laughs> you have to warn her ahead that we are we are going to the bathroom in five minutes. So just start preparing. We are going to church. She needs to warn him that we are making up for the next one hour. <laughs> do you understand? You are more considerate of the other person because you are attached to someone. But when you are separated like this, you can just be going and say, meet me there. You can stand back the way you are if you can. It's good. This, this, this is the practice. I want. You, you must be mindful of each other. That's the point. You must be mindful of you you, you you can't just do it anyhow you like. You are yoked with someone. You are yoked with someone. And this is how you're going to welcome today. <laughs> this is a good exercise for couples to do. Actually, have it in mind that one day we'll do a camp or something for couples and they will be like this. It will help single people adjust to married life. The reason why some people, when they, when they are single and they might they still can't keep it, Because when you're single, you move as you like, we move. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're not married, that's why. <laughs> when you're married, you, have, you say, can we move? It's not up to you again to just say, we move, no. When you're married now, you have to factor. And so people never make that adjustment. They move, they're single. When they get married, they still behave like they're single. They just spend money anyhow they like. Come back to the house anytime they like. If you're a married man, you, you, you can't say you're hanging with the boys. Which boys? You say you will leave all others and do what? Cleave. Somebody getting this. So for the single people, this is what happens. If you want to enter into marriage, please check out some basic things. Because marriage is a covenant relationship, make sure the person you are thinking of marrying or you are looking for or you want to choose is also conscious of what a covenant is. He must be conscious of it. If he's not conscious of it, you are putting yourself at risk, bringing your covenant mentality to a person that has no covenant mentality. He will keep taking advantage of you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, what you need to ask is: This boy I like, or this girl I like, is the person? How how are they handling other covenants in their life? That's how to know. How are they handling other covenants? in their life. So, let me give you an example. Because there are other covenant relationships in every single person's life. That's what you, that should become your measure of whether I can now enter... A, let me explain. If, 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 if you want to put your children in a school or you want to use a bank, you will hear what other people are experiencing in that place. Am I correct? That's how it is. So, I want to join with somebody permanently. I need to ask, the other people you have been in a relationship with before me, how is it going? One example, for instance... Your parents. So check how they are relating with their parents. Because your parents' relationship is one of the covenant relationships in your life. That's why the Bible says when you honor your father and your mother, it said it's the first commandment with promise. That's exactly how a covenant works. So when you honor them, you will live it will be well with you, and you will live long on the earth. That's a covenant. So you check how, how they're treating their parents. On that covenant relationship, you can check. Is that with Christ? How are they treating Christ? Because every believer is in a covenant with Christ. I hope you know that, guys. How are they treating Christ? Is it those kind of guys that say, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in church. Or church is in the mind. That's a stupid statement. It's not scriptural. You know why? I'll tell you why. Somebody say, "I love God, but I don't like these churches." I mm-hmm. will show you why. Christ is the head of the church. The church is called the body of Christ. If somebody says they love Christ and they don't love church, that person is a suspect. If he says, I don't care, I don't submit to any authority, ah, those are bad signs. When you see their body language to other covenant relationships, like that of the church. If Jesus died for him, and he still can't love Jesus, you, if you die, he won't love you. Your death will move him. He claims to be a Christian, but you can't touch his money. Anything about money and God, it grieves him. Pay tight, you are touching his artery. (laughs) Because tithing is a covenant offering. We'll probably talk about that next Sunday. It's a covenant thing. Hmm. Because you see that God asked Abraham, give me your son. In a covenant, when you're in covenant with somebody, anything you have and you are is for the person. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So you check how are they servicing their covenant with their parents, their covenant with, their, with church, their covenant with even the law, the law of the land. Anybody that is crooked, hmm. Sir, says, I don't want to waste time. What are some of the differences between a contract and a covenant? And I have to end here. There's so much to cover, but I don't have time to go into all of it. What's the difference between a covenant and a contract? Number one, there are many, but I'll just mention three in this service. In a contract, you look out for your own good. But in a covenant, you're looking out for the other person's good. So in a contract, when you're about to sign a contract, you get your lawyer to check how it favors you. That's what your lawyer is there for. Your lawyer is not there to protect the other person. Somebody gets what I'm saying? So the lawyer only looks out for things that look like it's not favoring you. I say, no, this one, I don't agree to this, so let's change this, so this can put you in a box. So. But it's totally different from a covenant. In a covenant, when I'm coming, I'm looking for how I can be a blessing to you. Number two, there are many things. I'm just going to touch on three, like I said. Number two, in a contract, there's limited sharing. That means we're only talking about this contract as regards a particular issue. In a covenant, there is unlimited sharing. What does that mean? If I have a contract with my landlord, my only discussion with him is about the house that I'm renting from him. Somebody get what I'm saying? He has no business to now talk to me about my marriage. He has no business to talk to me about the fish in my stew. It's too big. I get what I'm saying. He has no business to tell me that, oh, He doesn't like my work ethics. That I don't wake up early to go to work on time. You see, my only interaction and business with him is as regards what? The house. But in a covenant, it's unlimited sharing. That's what I told you at the beginning. It's totally dependent and totally available. Unlimited. That means everything you are belongs to him. Everything you are belongs to her. That's why the Bible says, 1 Corinthians, that your body is not your own. Do you understand? You are not even your own. You are not your own. You are not the owner. Your body is not your own. It's not, I'm not in the mood. Nah. Your body is not your own. Look at it here. You no, know, I want to read this. First Corinthians 7, where I was talking about husband and wife. As regards sex. He said, render to yourself due benevolence. Look at it here. He said, the wife had no power of her own body. So everything in scripture that talks about marriage, it talks from a point of covenant. Not from what is going on on social media today and what people are just saying, oh, I have a right. mm." When you're in a covenant, you don't have right again. You are the owner of the other person. The other person is also the owner of you. That's how it works. The wife had not power of her own body but the husband. And likewise... Also, the husband had not power of his own body, but what? The wife. So it's not a thing of convenience. No. I will do what I need to do, whether I feel. I will support you, even when you're not behaving well. I must keep my own part. I'll get there at the end. Let me not rush. Um, okay. He said, Defraud not yourselves, except with people with consent for a time, that you may give yourself fast and prayer and come basically, saying your body is not your own. Last thing under this one. In a contract. It can be more than two people. So, for instance, we have a contract where three people are in it, five people are in it, ten people are in the contract. But in a covenant, it's exclusive to those two people. That's why I say you will leave your father and mother, other existing relationships, and cleave to what? Cleave to what? I can't hear you guys. And cleave to what? So, when you marry, you can't be saying, my mother said... There are some men like that. Say, my mommy say. Would you come for Christmas in the east? No. This is the person that matters from now. It's whatever you guys agree that matters. They come this person comes first. When now when you are married. You are leaving father and mother. Father and mother just represents all other relationships. That's what they meant there. Because they are the strongest relationship you have until you marry. So you have to leave that and so you close your friends. You can't say I'm hanging with the boys and your wife is calling you, where are you, where are you? No, no, no. You have an obligation to your wife than to the boys. The boys can't go and rest. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Because that's what people's reason. I have to stay out with the boys. 11 o'clock, when you have a family, when you are married, you are no more free. You are tied to somebody. You can't leave somebody's property out in a nightclub at 11 o'clock. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Some people value their iPhone more than their wife or husband can you leave your iPhone at uh, a bar at 11 o'clock p.m.? You go and collect it. So you, why are you? You are more important to her than your iPhone. You go and stay in a bar at 11 o'clock as a Christian, you shouldn't even be in a bar, but you know what I'm saying. I'm just using as an example. <laughs> okay? So, you, 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 you are, this is the most important person in your life. You can't make decisions without them. You can't just decide. You can't have separate, you know, hidden accounts Now, I know that in today's world, because people are not marrying on the right foundation, so they do all those things to survive, but ideally, it's unlimited sharing. Everything I have is your own. You can't have hidden accounts. You you can't have password that your your spouse can't access your phone. It's our phone. It's not your phone. It's our phone. somebody get what I'm saying? If you understand covenant, it shouldn't even be a discussion that can I check your phone? It's not a discussion. It's my phone. Give me my phone. I'm even taking the phone out today and I'll pick all your calls. somebody getting what I'm saying? Lastly, in closing, if you are dealing with a crisis situation, there are a few things for you to note. Number one, in a covenant, there's a covenant initiator, there's a covenant uh, recipient or acceptor. I don't know if that's English, but it rhymes with initiator. So covenant initiator, covenant acceptor, then there's also a covenant defender or a covenant officiator. I don't know if this makes sense in English, but it rhymes. Sent rhymes, you understand. It's listen to them to understand what I'm going through, trying to rhyme these things. Covenant initiator, covenant acceptor, covenant officiator. Sent thank you. Sent understand. The rest of you are just looking at me. What's the man saying? Sent rhymes understand. So, in a covenant, you don't take the laws into your hands, you never do. It's not up to you. That's why in the country, if me and you have a deal and it breaks, it's not my right to go and beat you. My job is to report you to the authorities. The authorities will take it from there. If if I go and beat you, I'm the one that will be penalized. Same thing happens in football. If somebody kicks you and you kick them back, they punish the person that retaliated more than the first person that offended. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. The same thing applies in the covenant of marriage. If you feel your spouse is treating you bad or breaking the terms of the covenant, your job is not to fight them. And that's the mistake many people make. Especially women. But don't tell anybody. Women will pray and they want to answer the prayer by themselves. Because they think God is slow. Say, God, you are too patient. You are not like you. God, you are, you are patient. You don't know me. <laughs> my, 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 my head is... All, I don't hear what do. <laughs> I know well, oh, my head no, where well, yeah. <laughs> the other women that talk like they are proud to say they don't have self control. <laughs> you don't know me, you oh. don't know me. Ask everybody, I don't date, oh. they break people's oh. <laughs> head. If you cheat on me, I kill you. That's what they do. <laughs> Relax if you are going to get the right results because the right results, the wrath of man cannot achieve the righteousness of God. All right, so. When something is going wrong in the covenant, whether it's from the man's side or the woman's side, you can tell, talk to the person, of course, but don't try to enforce. Uh, report the case to the officiator and allow him to deal with it. And while that is going on, keep doing your own part. So this is what I'm saying. If your husband or wife is annoying, you're doing something annoying. Of course, you can talk, dialogue, counseling, all that. But basically, if it's not changing, keep doing your own part of loving them. And also pray for them and allow God to walk. You see this in First Peter 3. It, marriage is a covenant. You see it in First Peter 3, you see it in Malachi. God used, give us some instances. Malachi 2. He was no longer blessing the men's finances. And the men came to cry on the altar. That why are our finances not being blessed? And God says, because of how you are treating your wife. The covenant officiator knows how to manage the situation. Are you here, somebody? He, can, he said, you allow me to fight. I know how to fight. You see it in First Peter 3. He said, um, um, men, treat your wives according to knowledge because they are the weaker vessel." He said, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Do you see that? So God said, look, are we hinder their prayer. I know how to get their attention. It's all over there in Scripture. Because it's a covenant thing. So if you're a wife or a husband, you know, it applies both ways. Pray leave it to God, then keep doing your part. Do the right thing. Two wrongs do not make a right. So keep doing the right thing. And watch God work. But most times, we are fighting our battles. And I've told you at the beginning of the service, when you fight for yourself, you actually stop God from fighting for you. Somebody get it, what I'm saying? Were you blessed this morning? in here trusting God for who to marry you need to know that you are in a covenant with God stop stop being in panic mode about finding a man or a woman you are in a covenant with God and God has promised that he will put the solitaries in in families he has promised that none shall lack their mate there are many other scriptures like that He says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. And the same scripture says, the righteous will not lack any good thing. Do you see how you mix scriptures? You understand how scriptures work and say, hey Lord, you said that marriage is a good thing and you said the righteous will not lack what? Any good thing. So you write those scriptures out. Like I taught you last week on about meditating. You write those scriptures out and say, look, I'm settled. It's done. And you refuse to panic. You can't worry. You can't panic. You can't take the thing to your own hands. You are in a covenant with God. He has promised to meet your need. And that is his job. Allow him to do his job. Hallelujah. And I pray for every single person here. As we have decreed and taught concerning your marriage, it is settled in the name of Jesus. You will not just find a partner. You will find the right partner. God will order your steps. You won't lack your mate. You won't lack that good thing in the mighty name of Jesus. For those that are already married and going through a tough situation, I decree today, God himself will intervene. God will change that man or that woman in the name of Jesus. And God will give you grace to keep being a faithful spouse, a loving spouse, while he's working on your partner. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Perspective. So we're going to do something. So, if you are, like I said, you are doing service with me today. You are going to dance. Yes. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080 777 11 or Zero eight zero seven 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 one four four one two, or you can visit our website on www.davidschristensen.org. David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.